everyone. I'm Emily Lavender, and welcome back to the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. So we are picking back up with our discussion of Ephesians 4. Um, In the last episode, Scott and Dawn unpacked for us um, how to resolve differences according to what Paul has to say in Ephesians 4. And so if you know Scott, he always has an acrostic. <laughs> and so in the first, in the previous episode, he went over um, R, E, and S. So the word is resolve, um, and R is remove falsehoods, E is express anger appropriately, and S is steal no more. So um, why don't you guys pick back up with your lovely acrostic and tell us what O is. Yeah. Well, honey, let's do this. Let's just for one more time, if, if folks have not heard it, if you'll read for us again, uh, Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 32. Okay. One more time. All right. And I'm reading from the NIV. Therefore, each of you must put all falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're, ang- while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed, for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So what we're talking about, guys, in this in this episode and in the previous episode, episode 20, is how do we go about resolving differences? Because I think if you're married, if you're listening to this, this is the Forever Marriage Podcast, so I'm... Uh, I'm working from the assumption that you are married or interested in being married. And here's the reality. It's true for Benji and Emily. It's true for me and Dawn. Is God has a way of drawing two people who on many levels are diametrically opposed and different from one another, bringing them together and attempting through the Spirit to create a, a unity in those diverse differences. And what we talked about in the previous episode is that our differences do not have to divide us. They can actually unite us. But if we don't walk, as Paul talks about in verses 1 through 3 in Ephesians chapter 4, if, if I don't walk in a spirit of humility, of gentleness, of patience, of love, and an eagerness to maintain unity and have a spirit of peace between me and Dawn, I can inadvertently, whether consciously or unconsciously, allow our differences to divide us. And so what we're talking about, when we do have differences, because it's inevitable, here's reality, guys, differences, conflict are going to happen between you and your partner. It's just part of life. It's part of the fact that we're different. It's part of the fact that we live in a fallen world. And so when we have those times, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when those differences arise. If you want to go back to episode 19, you can hear Emily share an episode that she and Benji had (laughs) where they had a difference Mm -hmm. with one another. And that's just, listen, God honoring, God loving people have differences, but God has given us through Paul's writing here in Ephesians four, a framework by which we can go about 
resolving those differences if and when they arise. And in verse 25, he encouraged us to remove falsehood. In verses 26 and 27, he encouraged us to express anger appropriately. In verse 28, he encouraged us to steal no more. And then verse 29, this is a great passage. If you memorize passages, guys, I would encourage you, put this one passage in, in your think tank because it will inform your interaction with your partner. I'm going to read it from the New American Standard where I memorized it years ago. Paul says it this way in verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. So a couple of things he says, let it not be unwholesome. Let what you're about to say, Scott, to Dawn, let it be good. Let it edify her. If it's going to tear her down, don't say it. Okay. Uh, According to the need of the moment, this is where I struggle, guys, and I'm being candid with you. Is this the right time to say it? Because sometimes, Emily, I get it in my mind, and I just want to talk about it right there. I'm going to say it. You need to know this, and this is how I feel, and dadgummit, I'm going to share it. Well, that's not always the wise thing to do. And so we have learned with the O, the O in resolve is open your mouth wisely. And I'll just add my name. Open your mouth wisely, Scott. Now, how do I do that? I learned years ago. This has been several years ago. I found I came across an acrostic that was not original with me, but this forever shaped my thinking, uh, literally. It was Aretha Franklin. It was it was it? yeah Aretha. Yeah. <laughs> you bad to think. Yeah, that's right. Think about what the time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you gotta put the mic up to your mouth so yeah, they can hear didn't, you. There's the reason why I didn't have the mic. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's the acrostic for those who have, those who shoes. have not heard it. It it is the acrostic of think. Is what I'm about to say to Dawn, is it true? We talked about this in last episode. So if you haven't listened to episode 20, go back and listen to the front end of that where we talked about the removing falsehood. Is what I'm about to say to her true? If I'm using an always or never statement, Dawn, you always or you never, I know that's not true. So just like Levi Skipper says, just stop it. Don't, Don't do it anymore. Is what I'm about to say to Dawn true? Is what I'm about to say, H, is it helpful? Is it going to help Dawn or is it going to hurt Dawn? Is it I, is it going to inspire her? Is it N, is it going to be necessary? And is it K, is it kind, which we'll get to in verse 32. True, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. So if you want a practical application of verse 29, Scott, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to Dawn as she hears you. But not only that, because this really is written in the context of community. I mean, it's really written to the church. Yeah. So we haven't really gotten all the way down into the marriage-specific scriptures yet. That's right. So the, the assumption here is that these words are spoken around others, mm-hmm. not just one, just That's you right. and me. And That's so right. if we're talking about even in the context of marriage, there are 
there's the assumption here that there are other people listening to mm-hmm. what you say yeah. to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so in our own homes, we have children mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our midst who hear are going to hear the That's words right. that we say one to another. And I yeah. think because we sit behind, we sit behind closed doors a lot with couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that they work very hard in our midst to, to speak mm-hmm. kindly to one another, <laughs> controlled to one another. Yeah, They do that a lot with us. But we know that when they get home, that's a very different. The, mm-hmm. the tongues are let loose. Yeah. Um, so this is a this is an important word for our homes to understand mm-hmm. that it's not just what goes on between you and me, but there are other ears that listen and are listening and are our words to each other beneficial yeah. to the ones who are yeah. listening yeah. to us. Which very practical to that, honey, is is what Paul says in v- verse thirty. When you're talking about, they're not now sitting in our office; they're now at home, and they're letting these loose words fly. Mm-hmm. And you, you're talking about other ears, namely their children. But here's here's what I want to encourage you guys. If you look with me at verse thirty, if you can pull up a device or your Bible, if you're driving, just listen. Look at it later. Uh, don't try to read and drive at the same time. But he says this in verse 30. He says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What Don just said, guys, is very practical for us. In the midst of a heated conflict between you and your spouse, or between you and anyone for that matter, um, there are other ears, and it may not be just family members, but if you are a child of God, you have to realize that the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God resides in you. Mm-hmm. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. He says, Scott, do you not know that your body, your body, Scott, is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God with your body. And so Paul is reminding us there in 1 Corinthians 6 that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so if I am prone to just let loose words fly out of frustration, agitation with Dawn, she's not the only one here. Listen, we're empty nesters, so sometimes there's nobody in our home. But we still have the Holy Spirit who is there. And Mm -hmm. if I am letting Emily just loose words fly, I'm not only grieving Dawn, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit as well. And so we have to realize that, that the Spirit is listening and that we don't want to grieve him. So the L in our resolve acrostic is let the Holy Spirit guide you. That can take you back up to think, Lord, is this the wise thing to say? Is this true? Is this helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it negative or is it kind? Paul says in Galatians 5.25, if you live in the Spirit, let you you should also walk by the spirit and that's really what we're talking about here guys in the midst of differences in the midst of confrontation division and conflict let the spirit guide you as you walk through it yeah i think this word god is important because this this word of do not grieve the holy spirit of god is 
means do not cause him to have a scruple. In mm-hmm. other words, mm-hmm. we are attempting to take him into a place he does, does not, not want to go. That's right. We're attempting to guide him mm-hmm. into a place that he is saying, I, I, am, I do not belong there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do not belong you there. In this yeah. land of That's letting good. your tongue fly, of bitterness and brawling, it's not consistent with who I am, and it's not consistent with who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so rather than attempting to guide him into a place he does mm-hmm. not want to go, the importance of allowing him to guide us away from that place is how important it is for us to heed these words. I mean, the, the this passage of Scripture, number of, of 30, is sandwiched right in between mm-hmm. um, these very damaging um descriptions of how of the places that we can get into in terms mm-hmm. of of anger of unwholesome unwholesome talk what comes out of our mouth and then just the bitterness the rage the anger the brawling mm-hmm. the slander all of that um directly affecting either we're trying to guide him mm-hmm. or we're going to follow him and, and we're going to lead him into place that he is going to never going to make an agreement with That's right. never going to give us peace in yeah. as christians mm-hmm. but rather moving we follow his leadership out of that into um, verse 32. Yeah. So before we get to verse 32, let's jump back to verse 31. He says there in verse 31, let all bitterness, as Dawn just said, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Those words, you can't, when you look at those words, guys, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice, you can see just where they, the relational dynamic has become venomous. And this might be between you and your, your spouse. This might be, be between you and a family member, a, a person at work. I'm just asking you, think through, am I, do I have any of that bitterness wrath, anger, uh, malice towards anyone? And if so, why is that? Um, you know, we can say something sometimes to one another. I might say to Dawn or she to me, you make me so angry. Okay. Well, what I have to ask myself is why is that? What's going on there? And so the V in resolve is to verify the source of your anger. Because think of it with me, guys. Anger and bitterness and wrath, those are just emotions that are following an unresolved hurt. So in the midst of conflict, when there's been a difference and there's been a division between me and someone else, and I am lashing out at them with bitterness and wrath and anger, and I'm beginning to slander them, and I'm feeling malice towards them. All that should say to me, if I'm walking in the Spirit, is, Scott, you have a hurt in you, bro, that's not been resolved. And you're letting that hurt move down into anger. And that anger that has not been resolved has now moved down into bitterness. And that bitterness that has not been resolved is moving into resentment, wrath, revenge, malice. And that is destructive, not only for you, for that relationship, but it's also, if you're a child of God, Scott, it's it's destructive for the kingdom of God. 
it's where when the world looks at us and when we're living in this type of division and dissension with one another, they're like, well, if that's of the kingdom of God, I want nothing to do with that. That's that's not that doesn't look like God to me. And so we have to verify what is the source of my anger. We have to identify what was the initial hurt. What was it that Dawn said or didn't say, Dawn did or didn't do, what Benji did or didn't say? or What is it that initially hurt me? And let's address that. It might be, Emily, where Dawn comes to me and says, Honey, it hurt me when? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if she is willing to do the soul work to identify what hurt her, then I have to be willing to do the soul work to come into her and and to say, well, help me under, first of all, honey, I'm sorry I hurt you. Secondly, help me understand why that hurt you. Okay. Did I miss it? Did I not meet an expectation? Were you thinking or expecting me to do something that I didn't do? Help me understand. Was it flagrant on my part? Help me understand. And that's where we begin building that relational bridge that breaks down the barriers of division and dissension. But really the V guys is us doing the personal work to understand if I have bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and malice in my heart towards someone, why is that? Now, let me just caution you. It is easy to play the blame game. Anybody can do that. It started with Adam and Eve. It's easy for me to say, well, if don't, if you hadn't have done this, blah, 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 blah. I can, I can always excuse my poor fleshly sinful behavior by casting it off on her. But it takes a mature person to say, okay, Lord, what did I do to contribute to that issue? So we have to verify what's going on, identify the hurt, and then that hurt, whatever that initial hurt is, that is the issue that needs to be resolved. And then we concluded, as Dawn said, honey, if you'll read for us verse 32 one more time. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So the E to conclude this is simply this, guys. I want to exhibit to Dawn. Dawn wants to exhibit to me Christ-like character. Exhibit Christ-like character. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God and Christ forgave you. I would encourage you, if you've got your Bibles open, just circle those words, kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. When I think about it, guys, think about it this way. Romans 2.4 puts it this way, that it was the kindness of God that led you and I to repentance. It wasn't God's anger. It wasn't his wrath. It wasn't malice. It wasn't slander. It wasn't bitterness. All of those things, most of those are not characteristics of God. God does have anger, but he does not sin out of his anger. We, we understand the wrath of God, but he does not sin from that. He is angry, but does not sin, as Paul says in uh, verse 26. But here's reality, guys. God's kindness is what led you and I to repentance. And if we want to bring 
restoration, if we want to resolve our differences, maybe with your spouse or someone within your church, someone in your relational proximity, if you want to resolve those differences, it's going to require you to exhibit Christ-like character. Now, how do you do that practically? You may just need to ask the Father, Father, give me a kind tender and forgiving heart to this person. My heart right now is bitter towards them. My heart right now wants revenge. I want the worst, if I'm being honest, God, I want the worst to happen to them. But I know, Lord, that is not reflective of your heart. So help me to see them the way you see them, because my heart is not your heart. I need you to soften my heart. And we, don't, we did this practically for us years ago in our life. We had a person in our life that Dawn and I both had become very hard-hearted towards. And there was beginning to be bitterness and anger in us. And we realized, Lord, this is not good for us, nor is it in our relationship with them. So if, you, if that person's not going to change, Lord, you're going to have to change us. And I will tell you, Emily— he changed us. I believe that's a prayer that God will always answer. Lord, change me. Because the, the Father is merciful and gracious enough, guys, that he is going to reveal to us character flaws within us that need to be refined. And often he's using other people to bring that refining process about. So how do you resolve differences? You remove falsehoods. You express anger appropriately. You steal no more. You open your mouth wisely. You let the Holy Spirit guide you. You verify the source of your initial anger. And then finally, you exhibit Christ-like character. That's how Paul teaches us, guys, to resolve differences with one another. Dawn and I, Emily, we all believe that if we apply these truths of Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 32, not only in our marriage, not only in our family, but within our church, within our community, it will have a transformative effect on the people that we encounter. And that's our prayer. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And be on the lookout for another episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast. 